Matt Step, how's Jamaica? Looks pretty cool. Tap and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Texas Football. Dot com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. I am the pick, Ashley Pickle. <laughs> what? <laughs> Steps in stinking Jamaica. And I wouldn't be upset about that if he didn't have a beach background when he hopped on our staff meeting about 15 minutes ago. That was a real not cool move. Like, honestly, go enjoy the beach, broski. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't appreciate that. So, uh, Steps in Jamaica uh, with his family. Um, he did look at the he looked at the internet situation and the internet situation was mad to mad plus and so we uh, decided to give him the week off. We're going to the bullpen. <laughs> now you get super mad. <laughs> we're going to the going to the bullpen, bringing in our own television's own Ashley Pickle. You can't you can't say oh, that. I can say that. You're you're on television. I've never denied that. I guess that's fair, right? This is your week seven preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football uh, subscriber. Uh, you're our favorite people. We do love you very much. You're supposed to say that you love them. This is what I love them. you, people. Thank you. And country meets. Oh, we're getting to them. Don't worry. <laughs> country meets. You don't got to worry. We're going to get, <laughs> we're gonna get uh, that going. Coming up here in just a little bit, we're going to give a w- really quick re- uh, week six recap. It was a relatively light slate, but there's a few things we'd like to kick around here. Uh, and then uh, we're going to get to our week seven draft, uh, game draft. Uh, but uh, we will start, Matthew, as we always do. With your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Thanks to our friends at Country Meats for being the official sponsor of the show. They're avid football fans like us and know that equipment isn't cheap. That's why they make fundraising easy and accessible to anyone from peewee teams to high school varsity. Head over to countrymeats.com and use the discount code STEP10 to get an extra 10% off your first order. That's S-T-E-P-P-1-0 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Country Meats, country enough for Ashley Pickle. That seems fair. I did grow up in Lano. You're the most country of us all. This is objectively true. I also like when you say step papa. Are you, it makes me laugh every time. Are you more? Uh, I mean, I'm just trying to get step papa. <laughs> uh, are you more country than Mike Craven? Yes. I mean, he has a ranch. That doesn't. Don't get me started. That doesn't make you country. Wow. Should we bring him in? Have this on right now. See if Craven owns a pair of boots, and then we'll talk. Wow. Do you own a pair of boots? Hell yeah, I own a pair of boots. I own a couple pairs of boots. Okay. I learn things about you every day. Ashley, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Are you ready? Okay, I guess. I feel like this is not my forte. Ashley, there are five UIL Texas high school football teams that have a grand total of three letters in their name. Name as many as you can. ARP. One. <laughs> I don't know why ARP came to mind ARP. so fast. You just shouted that out. ARP. I, maybe ah. I saw ARP. Uh, oh, gosh. May. May is two. 
There's five of them. You can do this. Mm. Maybe I'm just going to become ARP Homer from here on out. ARP may... There's one more 11-man team. There's two more 11-man teams you're missing. I think... Uh, We're at 1.11, man. Let's go to the highlights figure out. Um, there, is, there are two more 11, man. Two 11, man, one 6, man. You've got ARP. You've got May. East Texas. East Texas. The Vandals. Mm, van. Van. The other two you probably won't get. The 5R, you mentioned ARP. Oh, era isn't era. Era, that's yeah. right. There we go. Okay. Era, and then there's a six man. Think along those same lines. Era, uh, not era, but Ira. Ira, let's go. You did it. The five letters, three letter teams: Van, Arp, Era, May, and Ira. There you what go. is up? You did it. Texas high school football. Thanks, country meets. Thanks, country meets. Your Tex- we love you, country. Your meets. Texas high school football. <laughs> Fun fact of the week. All right. Schley. We um we had a week six of Texas high school football. We did. Um we talked about it on our show. We talked about it on Bally. Mm-hmm. Talked about it kind of everywhere. Uh I'll just give you the floor. I want you to pick out the three teams from week six that you came away saying like, All right, you had a good week six. Um, Stephenville. There's one. Stephenville was the one that really stuck out to me because we called them out like 8,000 times as to whether or not they actually had a defense. We did slander them. Brownwood was a big test for them, and they completely proved us wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going to be one of them. Let me pull up my week six notes here and see what else. Uh, Grapevine. Grapevine was huge. That is big. we knew that... They this one was probably going to decide that district, and that one really almost really helps to be a contender in that entire region. And Grapevine coming out there, and not only if you looked at Mike Alexander's halftime interview, he was smiling and he was like, "We've got some stuff planned in the second. And I was like, "Okay, are they going to come out here and this won't be well executed?" And it was mm. extremely well executed. Yeah. They locked them down in the second half. Yeah, it was that was that was because um, Heritage had their number, man. Mm-hmm. Heritage had Colville Heritage had their number in the Battle of the Red Rail, and the fact that they were able to go out there in in many ways just kind of kind of dispatched with them in a way that wasn't like it wasn't fancy and it wasn't even particularly like I don't know they they dispatched with them like you dispatch with a team you're just better than you're like mm-hmm. I'm better than you so I'm gonna beat you like that's what impressed me the most it's the way that they treated them not casually mm-hmm. but like it's just another game and they went out there and they beat that beat them and and, and won a game that they were you know and I think established themselves as the team to beat and certainly in that in that district and you know, um, now Grapevine's a team. There is their loss to Argyle or their losses to um, yes, their losses to Argyle. Okay, well, hey, right, it's not nice. bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, give me one. Give me Whoa. One more. Uh, the <coughs> the other one for me was, and this might be a little bit. It was kind of on the radar, and it's just because it was a little bit of a lighter week, obviously. But I was really impressed by Angleton. Mm-hmm. Full share and Angleton go out, and Angleton ends up beating them 44 to 40, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but I think it was more the fashion that they did it in of being able to get into a shootout with Full Shear is impressive enough. But then being able to show the true size and skill that they did on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball was big. But I was. 
I think I knew their defense was pretty decent. I was more impressed by their offense being able to go out there and get in a shootout and not ever really mm-hmm. hesitate about it. That was impressive. All right. I'll give you th- you give me three teams that impressed you. Okay. Okay. I'll give you three teams that concerned me. Oh, I like week it. Three. Okay. Or week six rather. Let's start with Wichita Falls Hershey. Hershey. What in the world was that? They lose to the Cater. And, look, Decatur's got a good coach, Steve Huff, but they're still figuring things out. This has been a, a, a kind of middling Decatur team, and they kind of got they kind of got pants, like, by Decatur. Uh, 35-19. That is one that I am a little bit – there's a little bit of a red flag there for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not – like, that is a 481 over a 482, so I don't want to go too crazy. Right. But – that that throws up a little bit of a red flag. I mean, did we ever figure out if if one of the two studs was her uh, Amarian Peterson or Jamarian Carroll? Because if both of those guys are healthy mm-hmm. and they can't take down a Decatur team, then yes, that's incredibly concerning. Yeah. Because I saw them play in person, and those two guys should be able to really start sweeping the floor with people. I I would agree with that. Um, okay. And and so I don't I don't know the ins and outs of that, but that was one that I was that I came away relatively, you know, a little concerned about. Another team that I come away a little bit concerned about, and maybe this is going to be controversial, and and I need to dig into it, just call around and ask about it. <sighs> but Allen beats mm-hmm. Prosper Rock Hill. And I, I want to pull up what was the, what was the final score in that? It was something like I remember live it was being thirty-four like, to fourteen. Like <sighs> Prosper Rock Hill is not a terrible team; they're not bad, but they did just get done getting beat by Prosper forty-nine nothing. Yeah, and, and they got they got beat by Plano East. No discredit to Plano East, but beat by Plano East and Justin Northwest. I mean. It's a five A team. That's this is like and, and now look, here's the thing. If you're Allen, you're five and one and, and they don't ask you how, they ask you how many, mm-hmm. right? And they scored more points than the other team, so they shouldn't apologize. They go into their open date coming up this week. But I think I, I think maybe I just have to wrap my head around the fact that this is maybe more of a workman like Allen team than it is a dominant one. Yeah. And they go out there and they just kinda they play the game that's in front of them. That that this is, you know, I don't know. For example, the computer had them as forty-four point favorite. Mm-hmm. I would like I went in there expecting to not pay any attention to that game, and right. instead they kind of go out there and they win. Look, they win and they win resoundingly. But I'm like, uh. but you've got a Denton Geyer team and a Prosper team in back-to-back weeks. What two, mm-hmm. three weeks from now? I think it's two weeks to Prosper or if, uh, pro- two weeks to Geyer. If you're pulling out a narrow win against mm-hmm. Rock Hill, that doesn't bode well for those two games. No, it does not. So that was a team that, that kind of concerned me. I'll throw one more team out there that, that, that gives me a little bit of the uh, little bit of the heebie jeebies, so to speak. Um I don't really know what to do with Somerset at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I, I'm not entirely sure how to how to categorize them they were 4-0 going into this game last week against against a, a private school team in san antonio antonian prep that's a decent private school team but like i don't know that 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 gives me a little bit concerned because the defense really fell apart they lose 45 yes. 27 to antonian now they're going to go into district fredericksburg is a challenge bernie's a challenge your mileage on Uvalde may may vary. Mm-hmm. They're a playoff team, 
I was I was I was just about ready to hop on board their bandwagon before this past week, and now I'm having some concerns. They feel hot and cold. If the playmakers show up, you've mm-hmm. you've got a pretty good shot, but you can't all not show up on the same day. The defense, I thought, really just kind of disappointed me. Anyway, forty-five to give up forty-five is a lot. That's a lot. That's the most they've given up. They came in. Let me make sure of this. Yeah, that's that's um. That's almost twice what they've given up in the four games combined beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Somerset just, uh, that was the first kind of red flag for me was, was that. So, anyway, there you go. There's some teams, uh, some week six recap. All right. Pickle, are you familiar with this podcast? I hate to admit it, but I listen every week. This is time for our game draft, uh, our week seven game draft. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, like it is for Ashley Pickle, welcome. Here's how it works. It's, this is like my fifth time on this thing. This is not your fifth time. I, number two. Well, okay, full show, yeah. You filled in uh, on... I've been on four episodes, I think. Two coaching schools filled in when you decided to pop out another kid. I didn't do anything. That's fair. Um, and then, yeah. And, and then, then now, now this, and now. Jamaica. Uh, this is the first time you and I have ever hosted just you and me being on the podcast together. This is the first podcast we've ever done together of any kind. Yeah, Amazing. I didn't know who you were before this. That's exactly right. Just wandering around. Uh, this is uh, the game, week seven game draft. Here's how it works. Steps in, or step. Huh. Pickle and I go back and forth selecting games we're most interested in. That's the key phrase. The phrase that pays is most interested in. We're not necessarily saying these are the best games or the games we're most interested in. Uh, we're going back and forth selecting games. We'll go f- uh, once it's picked, it's off the board. Uh, and then we will round it all out with our hipster game of the week. I do wonder if you've selected a hipster game I of the did. week. I did. Ooh. I told you, I'm not a, I listen every week. I really do. You're welcome for the download number. Thanks. Uh, we had a coin flip before the show. That's not true. I'm just going to let Pickle go first because she's our guest on the top and stuff. I threatened to beat him up. So you get to go first. And here with the first pick of the week seven Tep and Step draft is neither Tep nor Step. <laughs> it's Ashley Pickle. Uh... It's funny because you said most interested in, and I don't necessarily like to usually admit that I'm interested in like the biggest game of the week, but I'm going to go ahead and do it since it's my first draft pick. Uh, we're going to go 7.30 p.m. on Friday to Hawk Stadium in Tex, Arcana, Texas. It is a battle of District 7 for a Division 2 as the Gilmer Buckeyes take on the Pleasant Grove Hawks. This is the choice. This is the choice. This like, is... I would look like a rookie not taking this. This is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. you. you sometimes it's you like, have to take the number one pick. Best available. You just got to go. <laughs> You're, there's nothing wrong with it. Don't try to be hipster. Right. Just take the best game. And that's that's what this right. is. I mean, not only is it a... You know, we said it on TFT earlier, but it's Gilmer Pleasant Grove week. That's kind of how we mm-hmm. look at this. But these are two teams playing top ball right now I think that it wouldn't be a push at all to say that this could pretty much decide um district seven and four a division two but I think that I think you're probably right Gilmer Texas or Gilmer Texas Gilmer has looked outstanding um obviously they found another quarterback a phrase that you know we've never said about Gilmer before but we knew that they had Rohan Fluon but we needed to figure out who was going to be able to distribute the ball to him we found that in Caden Tennyson. Um, I think the defense has has looked really well. And then on Pleasant Grove's side, I mean, for Josh Gibson to come into the year saying that he thinks that this was going to be one of the most complete, talented teams, that means something mm-hmm. out there. And we've really seen that. Um, I think that Jalen, is it Borderly? 
That sounds right. Yeah. He he Bordley. has Bordley, I think. He's been outstanding kind mm-hmm. of getting that offense going, but I think that it's loaded with a lot of talent and I think that I think speed is the name of the game when it comes to the Pleasant Grove defense. Like we usually see them with a whole lot of size and I think that that's still the case, but speed is exceptional this year and so I think that that's going watching Rohan Fluone go up against that Pleasant Grove secondary is going to be very fun for me to see. There's a lot here to 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 talk about in this one. One of them is, I do think that there's a real argument to be made that we do, just still don't know a ton about Pleasant Grove. Yeah. Like, go back, week one, they beat Brock. Mm-hmm. Okay. They beat Brock, and they're bigger than Brock, and, you know... They're a lot deeper than and, Brock. And Brock went on to lose three more games. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. That was odd. I believe it was 7 nothing at half, and then they went off and rattled off 28 unanswered in the second half. Yeah, I talked to some Brock fans when I covered their game against Hershey, and they were saying, they were like, we didn't realize how good Pleasant Grove is until they saw another really good team at the time, like Wichita mm-hmm. Falls Hershey, and they're like, they are massive. Then they also, remember, let's not forget, Pleasant Grove also has a loss. They do. They went to Bird, Louisiana. Bird of the Y. And uh, and lost rather resoundingly, 34-7 yeah. in week two. And now from what I understand, Bird, Louisiana would be like a big 5A or a small 6A. Okay, so it's a large a school. It's a lot bigger. And there's just, I mean, there's just no, there's no way to compare it. Like, I just, you know, there's, there's nothing. It's there's apples not and oranges. <laughs> They have a win over Midland Christian, which is a usually good private school team. That's two and three. I don't know. It's odd. Okay. But here's, but Gilmer, you know, Forna, we haven't talked a ton about them ever since they beat Chapel Hill. They followed that up with a win over Kilgore. Well, they do have, by the way, a mutual opponent. Mm-hmm. Paris. Uh, yeah, Paris. Uh, Pleasant Grove beat them 30 to 14. Uh, Par- or, and, uh, and Gilmer beat them 50 to 7. So if you're into that kind of thing, there's that. They also have a win over Lindale, which I think is a is a really impressive win over a good 481 team. Mm-hmm. Um, the other weird thing about Gilmer, hey, do you know who they played last week? Gilmer. Yeah. Do you know who they played? It's a trick question. They were off. Yeah. Do you know who they played the week before that? They were off. They're coming off back to back open date. Yeah, that's wild. They haven't played a game since September 16th, and now they're going to play on October 7th. They're going to go almost three full weeks between games. Yeah. And so... That could be beneficial. It like, could be very bad. <laughs> I have no idea how to read that because it's so strange. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the only kind of c- comparison we have is like you go back to COVID times where like teams would have games canceled. Mm-hmm. Like how do they how do they respond to that? Being, being in Texarkana is, I think, a big advantage for Pleasant Grove. They're hard to beat at Hawk Stadium. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I might trust the Gilmer defense a little bit more. But I also don't know how they've been punched in the mouth in the same way that they are could be that that Pleasant Grove is going to be there. I think a lot of this game comes down to how physical how how Gilmer matches up against a big physical team like mm-hmm. like like uh, Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove is going to be the bigger team, but Gilmer probably going to be the faster team. I am very curious because you go back to like that Gilmer's win over Chapel Hill. Gilmer, I think, was just a lot faster. Yeah. Like, like, or, or at least they were able to match up at the skill position spots, and then they were just better at the, at the, at the, mm-hmm. in the trenches. Pleasant Grove's going to be better up front mm-hmm. than Gilmer is. But that's why that's also why I was saying with the defense, I do think that defense is faster than what we've mm-hmm. seen in the past. So I think that that right there is just what makes it so interesting. I haven't scripted the picks yet, so I actually haven't made a pick yet. The computer has Pleasant Grove by one. 
I I might be leaning Gilmer. You're leaning Gilmer. I I think I'm going to go with Pleasant Grove. I, I do. Well I think if they rights. can I think if they can take away Rohan Fluellen. Uh-huh. And use that massive defensive line to really put pressure on Caden Tennyson, who I don't think has seen this level of, you could literally consider it volume. I think that that might just be the difference to where it probably close heading into the fourth, but they might wear them down late in the fourth. I think it's a a one-score game. One-score game, I I find there's no reason to think this game's going to be anything other than a great one. Um, And I think you're well within your rights to take PG. I think I'm leaning towards Gilmer, but this is a huge test for the PG defense. PG defense may, in fact, be that good, and if they are, then then we're going to know. Good pick, Pickle. Thanks. Again, sometimes you just give the gifts that life gives you. All right, you're taking PG and Gilmer. I'm writing this down. Okay, my first pick. I'm going to go... All right. Let's go. God bless it. Let me pull this up. Again, the name of this podcast should be... Let me make sure I get this right. (laughs) Um, Because I want to go to a critical district game that might be flying under people's radar. Because let's go 7 o'clock Friday evening... At Burleson Stadium, hmm. according to this on 100 at 100 Elk Drive, as the Burleson Centennial Spartans welcome in Denton Ryan. So we've kind of all been building up District 35A Division One to be one thing and about one game and one game only. Ryan and Alito. Ryan Alito, which is coming up. Here, I want to say week nine. Is that right? I think so. Um, week nine. Okay, so it's coming up in two weeks. And what's funny about this is that here are the three best teams in this district. Three best teams in this district. And they're about to play a three-week round robin. Mm-hmm. And it starts this week. Because Ryan, uh, speaking of weird teams, let's talk about Ryan here for a minute. Okay. I don't know what to do with them, okay? They have that week one loss to New Braunfels. Mm-hmm. Then they go and they drill Azel, but Azel's 1-5. They go and they drill Saginaw, but Saginaw's 0-6. Uh, uh, oh and, oh and they go, and last week they drill four with South Hills, but they're, they're, they were 73-point favorites in that game. But sandwiched between there is a, is a curious result where they go to the Colony and they lose, or they win 24-10. 24-10. Okay. What's going on here? What's all this then, to, to borrow a phrase? The one, one of the things that I'll, I'll, I'll tell you is one of the things that the colony does relatively well, if I'm making sure I understand this correctly, one of the things that I think the colony does pretty well is that they're able to, they're able to keep the ball on the ground. Oh, yeah. They're able to run the ball pretty effectively. They, they, they spread the ball out. They do have a quarterback in Carson Cox, but they, they spread the ball out relatively effectively. And... Last in that game, a lot of what happened was that they were able to kind of keep the ball on the ground and and convert third downs and keep the keep the ball away from Den Ryan, right, and kind of limit the number of possessions. Well, here comes Burleson Centennial, and Burleson Centennial is going to run the flex bone. Mm-hmm. And well, let's start with this. If this is the first you're hearing of Burleson Centennial, they're five and zero, oh, and they have beaten their opponents by an average margin of forty three points a game. They have 
clobbered people. Frisco's five and one. You know who the one is? Mm-hmm. Burleson Centennial. They beat the Colony forty-nine to ten. Yes, that's an even more impressive win than mm-hmm. Denton Ryan. Mm-hmm. This this Burleson Kyle Geller's team is serious business, and if you're not paying attention to them, you're going to get caught. They run the ball exceptionally well, and they do it like I said out of the out of the flex bone. And this is a team that I think Denton Ryan's got to take, especially their defense has got to take seriously to get them off the field on third downs. That's the biggest thing for me is, is they've got to find a way to keep them, keep them in third and long because that, that's, that's ultimately where they don't want to live. They, it's one of those teams where their defense feeds their offense. They've only thrown the ball 20 times this year. Yeah. Okay. They are grinding it out on the ground uh, with a number of different playmakers, uh, in, including Elijah Zay uh, and, 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 and Iverson Moore. They grind it out on the ground. Their defense has also been excellent. For a Ryan team that has been, you know, let's be real, a bit up and down. Mm -hmm. We don't really know yet what to make of them. They've dominated bad teams, mm-hmm. and then there's one game. There's and then there's two kind of mystery games where they lose to New Braunfels, and then they go and they and and they are you know they win a weird one against the Colony. They've got the playmakers. Kaleeb Hicks has been great. I think that Kalen Davis is the quarterback is really starting to grow into the role. They've got weapons on the outside. Blah blah blah. A lot of this comes down to to me just third down. Mm-hmm. Got to get off the field on third down. Let me tell you something. You know the computer thinks of this game. Two points. Centennial by five. Really. Computers, wow. computers got Centennial as a favorite. See, I mean, that just doesn't... I think the thing here is with them returning nine starters on mm-hmm. defense, the defense has looked like they have nine mm-hmm. starters returning. I think that didn't Ryan just doesn't, to me, seem to have... As long as they can contain Kaleeb Hicks, I just don't know if they have necessarily the explosive offensive power to to burn them to the ground, really. I think I think Kalen Davis is going to have to make some big boy British throws in this game. I think this is like... It's going to take a couple of splash plays that they haven't had. This is one of those games where it's like, this is a, this is a perfect, like, how closely are you paying attention to high school football? Because mm-hmm. if we wake up on Saturday, or we it's Friday night, and we're reporting uh, Burleson Centennial beats Denton Geyer 28-24, I think there are going to be people who are shocked because Ryan's ranked, Burleson Centennial's not. You've heard of Ryan, you haven't heard of Burleson Centennial. Mm-hmm. But the, the dorks, you listening to this podcast, are going to be like, no. That seems legit. pretty right. And then, by the way, then you get real tasty because they get a Lido next week. And that You're long off district a win. winning streak is yep. on the line. Anyway, I'm sure we'll be talking about this district again. But I like uh, Burleson Centennial and Ryan as my first pick. What's your second pick, Schley? Second pick, let's go small school ball here. Small school pickle. Small school pickle. Um, we're going to go to District 5 in 2A Division 1. I'm watching you think if you can get this. I'm doing the – is this Coleman and Toller? Let's head out yeah. 7 p.m. Friday to – I think it's Hufford Field in Coleman, Texas. Um, as the number sixth-ranked Coleman Blue Cats coming in at 5-1 and one, host the number nine-ranked Toller Rattlers you say it's at 5 versus and oh. nine. Very nice. Oh, okay, I was making sure. Maybe I, I, that I, went into my pick of this game. We'll never know. I guess we'll, we'll never, never know. know. Right. Um, but what we do know is that this is a super, super tasty matchup. Uh, and I think that when you look at this district, I think that this basically clearly decides the what district championship. Me, nah, I mean, uh, I I De Leon Bearcats, they're four and two. So say what you see. will about that. San Saba's in that district. 
Hamilton Baines. Dillion's already got a loss to one of these teams. Yeah. Who beat Dillion? Oh, no. No, Bangs beat Dillion. Never mind. Which makes me even more clear that these should be the two best teams. Bangs is probably the third best. I think that... We, I obviously saw a lot of the, the game when Coleman played Lano and was very impressed by what that squad brings back. Um, I think that they have, you know, they have, it's, it's a very senior heavy team. They have eight starters returning on offense, seven on defense. Um, they just, they've had a, they've had a really good season so far. I mean, the win over early, you know, they've, this offense is cooking. This offense can definitely get going. I think they have a stellar offensive line that can make some difference. The issue was all the, a lot of the teams that they've played, they've just been kind of undersized with it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that's not to say anything. Uh, this to- is the, this is in a lot of ways, not to interrupt you, but this no, is in good. a lot of ways, kind of the first test against a quality opponent. That is their size. It's, yeah. They're punching in their weight class. Right. Exactly. Like the the closest thing we have to a comparison to this would be like Mason. Mm-hmm. They beat him seven to six in the opener, right? Um, this is to me, yeah, because like Lano, Lano's a quality program. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to say that in front of you. Yeah, keep keep going with that. <laughs> Lano's Lano's great, but Lano was probably never in danger of losing that game because they're just bigger and deeper than that. Mm-mm. Here is a quality opponent in their weight class in Toller, who we probably haven't talked enough about this year. No, and I think that, well, and Coleman, too, I mean, their defense has been outstanding. I talked a lot about the explosive offense, but they have shut out three different teams, Ballinger, Goldthwait, San Saba, and the most points that they allowed other than that Lano game was to a pretty good Bernie team, or a Brady team, and they only allowed 24 points. So I think that this, the defense will be able to to make some noise here, but they will have to watch out. I think Wyatt Jones, the athlete for uh, for Toller, has looked outstanding this year. Um, he's putting up some big numbers, and I think he's kind of the guy on the field. He plays all three sides of the ball, but it'll be – I think it's going to come down to the trenches, honestly, to see who can do this because I think it's a pretty good defensive line going up against a pretty good offensive line in Coleman, and it might get into a little bit – it could get pointsy, but the defenses are going to – it's going to be who can make more stops on defense. I think a lot of this comes, because I agree with what you said, I think a lot of this comes down to how much, because Toller, Toller's off to this undefeated start, and Mm -hmm. they've, you know, they don't need to apologize for for being undefeated, but, like, their best win was when they they took on Comanche, and they beat Comanche. Now, they're, you know, Comanche's Comanche's only loss of the year. Mm -hmm. Now, I also just think they're better than Comanche. Um, it's aged pretty well. They've got a guy in the sophomore running back, Peyton Brown, mm-hmm. who's been really strong. He's, I think he's got 1,100 yards in the year or something like that. And so that, they're going to line it up and they're going to try to run it at him. Yep. I think they've been able to push people around up front to start the year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be able to push around Coleman. No, this I think a, they're this too a, big. This is a take-your-eye-off-the-ball type game. Mm-hmm. You know, I think up front is where this game really gets determined. Um and I think that I think that you're right. I think that a lot of this may could just come down to depth, right? Because I mean, Coleman's only. I mean, they were only traveling what twenty two mm-hmm. kids, twenty three kids. So I mean, that's that's small. I think that Toler has a little bit more depth. I think Coleman's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. So it'll just kind of be okay. How much stamina yeah. almost do you have at week seven? You know, at this point in the season, who's going to win in in the battle mm-hmm. between the big guys? Computer's got this as a two point game. Um, computer's got Toller by two, which sounds about right to me. I think it's a coin flip type game. Um, I might lean towards Toller. 
I'm gonna I'm I am picking Toller because I just think that they've got a little bit more numbers and I think that they have two really explosive athletes that Mm -hmm. if Coleman starts to get tired they can very easily grab it and and single-handedly take over a game I think that's fair all right good pick pickle thanks Good pick pick who you know the fact that we don't Aaron, do a- <laughs> Aaron called you at one point, like, I want to say, like, on Texas Football Day, she called you pick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I've never even, th- no, I don't know. That's weird. Anyway, uh, let's continue, shall we? My second pick. Let's go to a state-ranked matchup uh, in 3A that... There's one team that I think this is a real big litmus test for. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at beautiful Panther Stadium in Bells. Let's go to Texoma as the number four ranked Bells Panthers. Welcome in the number one Gunner Tigers in a 3A Division II showdown in in region two like so we're nobody's listening to this right no this is safe space yep uh, the 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 uh, we do the the rankings for dave campbell's sex football and the associated press this is true and and what what bothers me is that there's not a ton of nuance to it uh if you are number two then you are the second best team in the state behind the the and there's no there's no measurement of how big the gap is, mm-hmm. right? Because right now, if you were to look at the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings in 3A Division two, you'd see Gunner, Holiday, Newton, Bells, Canadian. Okay? Seems right. Gunner, uh, Holiday, Newton, Bells, Canadian. And that's three teams from Region 2. And yet, let me ask you a question. Sports gun to your head, Ashley Pickle. Do you think anybody... In Region Two, is beating Gunner? No. And so that's why there's this issue of nuance, right? Mm-hmm. Because Gunner looks like, in my opinion, the best team in Three A Division Two. Um, they they haven't, you know, they they really haven't been challenged, or that's not true. They played Brock, but they were punching up a classification and and got a great win on the road at Brock. And they followed that up by going to Gladewater and smoking Gladewater. And that's what you have to do. Like with Brock, we expected that to be a close game. We even kind of expected Brock to win just from numbers, size, blah blah blah. And then yeah, you see Gladewater and you're like, dude, all right. That's a long road trip against a team that prides itself on being physical and they mulched them. Yeah. So so here's Bells. Now, Bells is a program that perhaps you're, you're not hearing a ton about aside of, of, outside of, you know, what you're hearing right now. They're number four in the state. They have that week two loss to Whitesboro, which uh, is a that's, – that's what we would call a good loss. It's a four-point loss on the road at unbeaten Whitesboro. Pretty good. But all their losses have come to – or all their wins have come to teams that are like one and five and two and four. Uh, but there's a Bells team that, you know, look, they've been very solid, and most especially they've been solid – on the uh, really on both sides, but I would say most especially the offensive side. Mm-hmm. I think their offense has been impressive, and the the numbers that they're putting up, I think, are are not an accident. They are a they're grinding this thing out on the ground. Uh, would you? Uh, can I read you the entirety of their passing stats? Please do. Okay, here's they've played five games. Uh, their senior quarterback, uh, Jacob Aaron. Jacob Aaron, great quarterback. I'm, uh, I'm sure he's he's just got a, a you know his outstanding quarterback. 
Uh, but uh, out of the slot T, uh, Jacob Aaron is a combined uh, three of five for uh, 129 yards and two touchdowns. Hell yeah, brother. Um, I mean, this is service academy stuff. Yeah. Okay. Dale West is going to keep the ball on the ground. They're going to grind it out, and they're going to hand the ball off to a variety of different runners, Spencer Hines, Grady Waltrip, Brock Baker. They've got a, they've got a, a stable back there. Mm-hmm. I want to be clear that the slot T and, like, the wing T and all of these things are different nuances. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of nuances, and they're a lot different. With that said, I think this is a bad matchup for Bells. Mm-hmm. because a lot of their advantage is derived by the fact that the slot T is the devil. And yet, Gunner's defense sees a misdirection-based offense. Pistol craziness every, every day. day. in practice. Mm-hmm. Every day in practice. Beyond that, I just think Gunner's better. Like I just, I, I think Gunner's the best team in, in 3 Division two. and the reason I'm bringing this game up is because I think it's the last time we're ever going to really see anything about Gunner. I think that this is this is just a this is a really good team with Ethan, Ethan Sloan and, and company and I just I think they're going to like it's a state ranked team, it's a top 4 matchup, but I think it, it it I think this has an opportunity to really illustrate the gap between Gunner and the rest yes, of the Yes, and that's what's funny because we were when you were on Bally, I sat there for 2 hours and watch y'all and I was sitting back there with our producer Patrick Mitrovsky or your producer I guess for High School Scoreboard, but he asked, he was like, "Hey, I'd, I'd love to get some footage of Gunner. How do you think mm-hmm. that game against Bells is going to be?" And I was like, I think it's the best game to go get footage against Gunner for the rest of the season. I think that they're going to win. Like, I don't think that there's any reason they should lose this game. But I do think that, like you said, we'll get a this game to me is more about where we'll be able to put bells on the scale of everyone else in that division yeah. rather than how I just, high up is like, Gunner. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those games where it's state ranked. And I know we do the ranking, so I realize what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, Stephen and I talked about this, I, I believe, in the preseason. But, like, Gunner just has not had any issues with Region 4 or Region no. 2 at all, okay? Last year, beat every team in Region 2. The year before, beat every team in Region 2. Mm-hmm. The year before, beat every team in Region 2. The year before, beat every team in Region 2. Are you catching up? The last time they lost a game within their own region was 2015. That's insane. So it's like... I just don't like you're it's they're gonna have to get challenged first before I believe they're gonna do it. And I like Bells mm-hmm. and are they oh they might be overranked mm-hmm. because there's been a little bit of chaos in three A Division Two, but I think they're probably one of the ten best teams in three A Division Two. I, I would think agree. I, to me, I think Gunner's just better. Mm-hmm. So I the one thing that you can guarantee from this game is this game should be over in an hour it's and a half. Be quick. <laughs> seven thirty <laughs> that clock is kick, going to seven thirty kick, you can have nine thirty dinner. Dinner and you'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, I'm taking Bells and Gunner for my second pick. What's your third pick, Mademoiselle? Um, let's go to District 5, 3A Division 1. I like this game. Where you're trying to guess? 5, 3A Division 1. Ha, huh, I did a cool thing, Matthew. Well, I don't know. What game you going to do? It's a state-ranked matchup between the number two ranked Mount Vernon Tigers. Ooh, this is underrated. Good, good 6-0. Call. And they, are, they will be at the Winsboro Raiders, a battle of unbeatens in week seven, both 6-0. and um, Winsboro is number eight. That's at 7.30 p.m. at Red Raider Stadium in Winsboro, Texas. And I just – this is one that I think that in the past, what would you say, four years, mm-hmm. Mount Vernon has really been on our radar, obviously, as a legit contender. And I feel like Winsboro 
hasn't quite been there yet. They've but been good, they've been good, not great. Good, not great, exactly. And when it was a couple of weeks ago, I think we talked to Josh Finney on score or on Football Friday, and that's when we were like, okay, what Winsboro is doing is like really notable. Here are their points that they've scored in games this season yeah. 51 62 41 54 73 yeah. and 55 now they're clobbered fools <laughs> i mean we talk we've talked a lot about like fulcher and their offense mm-hmm. and how these numbers have been insane i'm pretty sure they were the second ranked team in scoring offense heading into this uh heading into last week and then they go drop 55 to nothing on commerce so this this offense is insane and in years past, Mount Vernon's offense has been insane, and I think we're seeing that again. I think running back Mackenzie McGill has been outstanding. I think quarterback Braden Bennett has been outstanding. So, hmm. so here's the thing. Yeah, you're right, but you know Braden Bennett's out. Has he been out? He's hurt. He's now hurt. He got. He got. He's out for the season. Oh yeah. no! No, so the, I didn't the, realize. So the quarterback that. got hurt, and and so was that last week or uh, two weeks ago? Like two weeks ago. Might have been like right before the bye. Um, but he got. Or, no, you no, know what? I did know bye. that. We talked about yeah. that on TFT. So here's this is what's so interesting about this game because this this to me just adds another layer to it. Mm-hmm. Because normally, if you're wins if you're if you're Mount Vernon, you're like sure you want to get into a shootout, right? Yeah, sure, like let's go. But they've had to lean on a backup quarterback and their running game with Mackenzie McGill mm-hmm. so much that they have not, in my opinion, since he's gone out and arguably all year long, they haven't played somebody that can go toe to toe with them. Right. Here they will. Mm-hmm. And this is the real this is the real test of like, all right, just how much is the injury to Braden Bennett gonna gonna matter? Gonna because matter. in region two, you know, we've been talking about them as a as a contender. This is this is an important game in, in that in that sense because we're gonna find out exactly what this new look Mount Vernon team looks like against a team with a, that can fog a mirror. And this this game reminds me even okay well then this game even more reminds me against a, about the uh, Stephenville Brownwood game last mm-hmm. week because it's two teams that have very powerful offenses. One of them has a starting quarterback out, and now I think I really think regardless of that I think the test with Braden Bennett or without Braden Bennett was going to be whose defense can step it up more because both of these mm-hmm. defense, they're not allowing 50 points per game, but they're definitely not holding people to, you know, 28 points yeah, per game. It's not 83 danger field, but it doesn't have to be. Exactly. You know? Yeah. If you can out, sh- if you can out shoot people, then that's fine. If you can't do that. Okay. Whose defense is going to step it up. And so uh, that, yeah, it definitely makes it, I feel like a little bit more even with yeah. Braden Bennett being out. But I also think that, both of these it'll really come down to whose defense is able to actually force a couple stops against a high-flying offense that neither team has really seen that much 100 percent agree 100 percent agree and and for winsboro we'll find out everything in the next two weeks so they have the week 11 bye i'm looking at their mm-hmm. schedule mount vernon this week they're at Pottsboro next week we'll find out everything we need to know are they a yep. first place team or are they a third place team or are they somewhere in between we'll find. what could possibly be in between first and third place mm, seventh good pick I'm going to go where the fifth pick, and this is usually the time where I start making funny noises and saying, okay, where am I going to go? Let us go. I want to save that one. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. I'm going to swipe it. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to use my brain juices and figure it out. Let's go. Ah, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. Let me make sure I know where this game is. 
I'm Googling. You're, you're listening to live coverage of me Googling. It's another Battle of Unbeatens. This one in the DFW Metroplex. Mm. Is it at Falcon Stadium? It could be. Let me see. No, it's not. Oh, darn it. 7.30 p.m. Friday night, I believe. Is that where this game is? Falcon Stadium in Corinth? No, I think it's the new Crowley Stadium. Ah, yes. As the North Crowley Panthers at 5-0 take on the 5-0 Saginaw Boswell Pioneers, two coaches we like a lot, John Avenshin at Boswell and Ray Gates at North Crowley. Let's talk about Boswell. Boswell's a 5-0 and squad that has not, that with all due respect, ain't played nobody. No. Now, now. Uh, they played Trinity, but They played that's, Trinity. That's a Trinity's name. Trinity's 0-5. Yeah. <laughs> that's a name. It's not necessarily played, a team. They year. have played one team with a winning record, mm-hmm. and it's Pascal. Yeah. At 3-2. and two. Who has also played nobody. Right. This is the biggest test for them by a pretty considerable margin. Like, the win over Trinity's huge because Trinity just has a, a, a history of just bullyballing people. Right. But, like, this is a Boswell team that is rolling. Uh, you know, they don't have to apologize for their record. They've, they've, they've won all the games that have put in, been put in front of them, and their offense has been really good. They've, their offense has been humming. And this junior quarterback, Sawyer Farr, is, he's the real stinking deal. He's the real deal. He's completing 61% of his passes, 15 touchdowns to four interceptions. He's got a, a, a trio of wide receivers. His favorite target is his kid, Gage Ellis, but they've got a sophomore uh, in uh, in Cariel Robertson that they like as well. This is a Boswell team that is balanced. This is a Boswell team that plays pretty good defense. Uh, they, they take the ball away a fair amount, uh, which I like. They, they, they get to the quarterback. They are a... They're a team that is 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 for real. This is the last real, with all due respect to the remainder of the teams in the district. This is the last real hurdle for North Crowley between going undefeated here and ten and zero. Yep, because they get Weatherford, who's got a good record, but I think they're better than honestly. Mm-hmm. And then Bell, kind of same thing, good record, I think they're better than. And then they ground out with Chisholm Trail and Crowley. And you saw North Crowley in person. And you came away thinking that the thing that impressed you the most was that they were physical. They are insanely fast and they're very physical. Yeah. I think the, the team's speed and more so than the team's speed was the ability to really utilize it in a in a physical yeah. way, which is not always the case. Yes. This is... A lot of this comes down to what, how well Boswell... How for real Boswell is up front. Yes. Because like... I got to be honest, going and, and hanging for, you know, 49 points on Haltum doesn't impress me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Now, they're able to bow up against Trinity. And say what you want about Trinity, they've got their own share of issues. But one thing they're not is soft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. They bow Those up lines will still punch you in the mouth. Exactly <laughs> right. This is how well does Boswell match up with North Crowley up front. Mm-hmm. And then can North Crowley... With a defense that's been very good, can they make them one? Can they make them one-dimensional? Can they can they take away uh, the running game with with Ezra Carter and make make Jess uh, Sawyer far beat them, or vice versa, mm-hmm. something like that? Um, I think this is a fascinating game. I think this is um, with with you know 
LD Bell have something to say about it? We'll find out. To me, we'll find out a ton about Boswell. I like I like North Crowley in this one. Mm-hmm. I think they're the best team in the district. We'll find out a lot about Boswell, how they stack up, because even like a close loss, I'd be willing to be like, all right, they're the second place team. Now, right. Bell's still in there. Weatherford's still in there. But to, and, and by the way, Bell and Weatherford play this week, too. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll really get to the four. Those are, to me, the four playoff teams in Weatherford, Bell, Boswell, and North Crowley. Yes. We'll start to sort all that out this week. Yeah. I, th- I think it's funny that you said, too, that it, it will definitely North Crowley needs to make uh, Boswell one-dimensional. It is absolutely the other way, too, because we were that's something that we recognized when we watched North Crowley play Lovejoy was we were like, Oh, okay. We like they have some dudes on the outside that can catch the ball, and we're going okay. Like they're just going to blow past them every time, right? But you had that ball hawking secondary, so then they were able to use the uh, the running backs more. And so I think that North Crowley is is very two dimensional, and you need to take one of those away to have a chance. Yes, um, I think that you're right. It's I'm 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 excited about it. I think it'll be a fun game. There, North Crowley and Boswell is my third pick. What is your fourth pick? Um, this one, this one might be a little off the radar, but it's almost kind of like that where it's a, let's, let's get the measuring stick out here. Mm-hmm. We're going down to district nine, five, a division two. Okay. Number three, Fort Ben Marshall hmm. is taking on Texas city. And that might not seem like it'll be the closest game or it's the best game to watch but I am intrigued by this because I think that we always get into the habit of looking at Fort Ben Marshall and going they're just going to blow through everybody Mm -hmm. are we going to see someone that can kind of contest them at all and I think that this is one of the ones now I think when you look at 95A I think that Dayton will have something to say about mm-hmm. that uh, they're the other 4-0 and team they're 2-0 and in district right now but there is a ton of teams PNG Texas City Galena Park Santa Fe I'm not feeling super great about Galena Park and Santa Fe but if you look at PNG and Texas City I think this is a big placement game when it comes mm-hmm. to district seating mm-hmm. that I get really interested in because if Dayton and Fort Ben Marshall end up being the two best things then it'll be between PNG and Texas City grabbing those third and fourth spots which mm-hmm. I think is is just very interesting um for Fort Ben Marshall I mean what Jacoby Banks has been outstanding like they're they look like a veteran normal Fort Ben Marshall team but I really like this Texas City team they they dropped uh they dropped one to Galveston Ball and then they dropped uh Port Natchez Groves last week no nay they had a bye week they dropped no they didn't 9 30 that was last week yeah, they um, lost to PNG last week, and then they had that seven nothing loss to unbeaten Galveston Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I am very interested just to see how they match up. I think Texas mm-hmm. City's a little bit bigger. I think Fort Ben Marshall's faster than Texas City, so I think stopping the stopping that run game obviously is going to be the name of the game, which tends to be what you're looking for anytime you play Fort Ben Marshall. But this one is one where it's kind of like a take your eye off the ball game. Mm-hmm. And I think that I am interested to see who ends up. Cause I think PNG is a really good team that we just keep going back and forth on of how elite are you? Mm-hmm. Are you able to contend with this type of stuff? So this almost to me will answer more of those questions as to who I think, what I think of PNG as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that's fair. And, and, and we will, yeah, because because this is this is like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This is a triangulation game. Yes, you're looking for you feel like you know what Fort Ben Marshall is, mm-hmm. and you feel like they're going to win the district. I think yes. that's fair. You're now kind of trying to figure out, okay, so what is Texas City? What is Port Natchez Groves? What mm-hmm. is Dayton? What are all these teams that are going to be in that mix for that two, three, four spot? And we'll find out a lot. I don't need Texas City to win this game. No. I don't think they're going to win this game. No, I do not either. But 
if they can hang then i have faith in them going okay let's see what the rest of their schedule is here you're watching this uh then i have faith because they still haven't played dayton so then i feel like i have a little bit more of a pulse on what that's they obviously already dropped it to png so it's like okay you could rebound and still then have to go through some sort of district tiebreaker lightly with likely with port nature's groups to see if you can get that but if they can if they can stay close in this one i would be willing to say that that dayton game gets a lot more interesting on the 21st yes i tend to agree with you i think that's a i think that's a fun matchup well done good pick a little little off the grid man where am i going next it's an odd week. Um, okay, let's do this. Let's go. Now. I think I've think I've picked a game for this team before, but um, I just I just can't avoid them, <laughs> especially when it's a battle of unbeaten's uh, in a district opener in District 13, 2A, Division Two. I think I know it. Did I steal yours? As Bremond, the Bremond Tigers. Five and zero, go on the road to take on the Chilton Pirates at five and zero. They're at uh, is it just Pirate Stadium? I presume they're just called Pirate uh, Stadium. I don't know. Oh, don't you know, let me see. It's called shout out Texas Featherston Park. Field. Oh, you were way off, Chilton, my dude. Chilton, Texas, capacity nine ninety five. Okay. One of the things that I've had to wrap my head head around in in this year is that I have this uh, there's this when you cover Texas high school football for long enough you think of teams as having a certain identity yes. and you think of them be like that's the team with that that's the team that does this and um and like for example Euless Trinity we know what Euless Trinity does mm-hmm. Katie we know what Katie does they run right uh, Longview has a certain style of play that mm-hmm. that's what they do um, but. There is a small but I think notable transition going on at Bremond that is worth talking about because Jeff Kozowski is kind of trying to do he's trying to I think this this off their offense we I think of them so much as like the one man show of Rashad Paul which is mm-hmm. not fair yeah. because he graduated years ago and I'm old. <laughs> now they've got a I'm so- glad you said it so I didn't have now, to. Because I think they're turning more into a run-based team. And he'll probably call me and say, hey, dude, we've always been a run-based team. Mm -hmm. And he's probably right. But they're really running the ball very well this year. Now, that said, one of the reasons they're running the ball this year, and a name that I need to put on your radar right now, sophomore quarterback Braylon Wortham. Okay. So this kid has completed 70. They don't have to throw a ton. 64 attempts in five games. But he's completing 78% of his passes, 13 touchdowns against one interception. He's also their leading rusher, 700 yards and 14 touchdowns on the ground. This kid's a stud. Mm -hmm. This kid does everything. Just a sophomore and and maybe the next big thing there at at Bremont. The other thing for me about about this team is that their defense has been excellent. Yes. Their defense has been very good with Gail Carrizales, Coben uh, Zahn. They fly to the football, and they're all... This is a very young team, by the way. Very young. they got seven interceptions on the year. they forced six six fumbles. I mean, they fly to the football. Their defense has been spectacular. If there is a small... You know, I mean, right now, they haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Now, I do think what they did last week against Winthorst, I think Winthorst is better than two and three. But like, and I think, for example, I think Holland is better than two and three. Mm-hmm. But 
they beat them resoundingly, and I think that that's worth keeping an eye on. So here's Chilton. Chilton is five and zero, and they have, I think, a team, uh, another team with like not an identity crisis, but like you need to know what you're getting into when you play Chilton, because Chilton is a squad that their defense has been very strong to start the year. One of the one of the the, the best. They've given up sixty four points in their five games. Their defense has been strong, and they are going to give the ball out to their playmakers like Dalen Ford, and then they're going to win with defense. Uh, they have been very strong uh, to start the year in in every you know in, in all the aspects. But one of the questions, and what I think is interesting, is that they've kind of won games in different ways. They beat Hearn twenty one nothing, right? But then they also went and they beat Deweyville last week, and they or uh, before their open date, and they hung fifty two. <laughs> team could score, so it's like they can score, right? But it's not consistent. This is a, let's not forget that this was a team that was that was the, the new coach Benny Hewitt taking over a program that was twelve and two last year. Mm-hmm. So really good team last year. Um, a lot of this, boy, when. Were they in the district last year together? Let me see if I can find this. This is so funny because when you look, it's like week one, they scored 42. Then week yeah, they two, played. 28. Then That's 64. Right. Then 21. Then That's 52. Right. <laughs> Something to keep an eye on here. And this is interesting. I guess I didn't realize this. These two teams played twice last year. They played. In, I knew they played once. They played in district, and they played three weeks later in the playoffs. And Chilton won both of them, 40 to 14 and 40 to nothing. 41 nothing. Wow. Now. You better believe that Bremond would like a little piece of that, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they got to go on the road to do it. But an interesting game. I think that a lot of this comes down to how well does uh, does Braylon Wortham play? Like it's a sophomore in a big stage in a district opener. How does he handle the moment? Uh, but this, you know, I don't know. I, I I think this game's really interesting. I think I lean towards Chilton at home, and they've just had the they've just had their number recently. Mm-hmm. But I think this game's really fascinating and. Um, is Bremond ranked? Bremond is the number eight team, so and Chilton is, is the number five this is a team. Ranked team, yeah. And then I believe I want to say that there's a, there's a, another um, yeah because Granger there's three team three ranked teams in this district. Yeah. So we'll start to sort out that district. Yeah, thirteen two is fun. Thirteen two eighty two is fun, and and probably yeah. And I gotta be. This is this is a, a topic for another day, but I'm not entirely sold on Burton. As the Region Four favorite, no. So like, whoever wins this district, I will be that will be at least in in, in a catbird seat there in Region Four. Yeah, so. and battle tested, exactly. nonetheless. What is your fifth and final pick, Schlee? Um, we are going to talk about another district that is like that. Just two teams that have been actually battle tested. I think to this point, nine four A Division One. Good, don't take my game. Okay, I didn't. Um, I I've been keeping the, my powder dry on one game, and I was afraid you're going to take. That's it. funny. Oh, okay, I'm interested to see which one it is. There's a there's a. You think this is a game? No, 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 no. I ain't fooling around. This is a draft. This is war. Oh. I'm going to get the better games. Go on. Well, okay. Mine nine, wins. Nine four eighty one. Yeah. Chapel Hill. No. Kilgore Bulldogs uh, at four and two are taking on the number ten ranked Lindale Eagles, also sitting at four and two. Mm-hmm. This one's in Kilgore, seven thirty p.m. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Glad you're taking this. This one is tasty mm-hmm. for me because one, this is one of my favorite districts. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think in in all of Texas high school football because I feel like it is deep. You've got Kilgore, 
sitting at four and two. Lindale sitting at four and two. I think Jacksonville is mm-hmm. pretty good team. Chapel Hill has underperformed. I think from obviously what we thought they were going to, but they're one and zero in district. So. If Coach Ritter is going to pull anything, it's going to be now. Um, and then, you know, it, it kind of dies off a little from there. But I think this race for the top four spots is very, very interesting. And these are also two teams that have definitely been tested. Um, they've both played Gilmer. Mm-hmm. They've both lost to Gilmer. Lindale also took a loss to Kaufman um, to start the year, so that was a little bit disappointing. But this Kilgore team, their only two losses on the season come in week one to Carthage and week two to Gilmer, Mm -hmm. both playing at their home stadiums, and they have gone on to beat everybody since then. Um, They... I think that their offense has shown signs of being able to, to be pretty flashy. I think that they're more... Mm-hmm. They want to get into a deep physical battle with you. Um, I think Lindale wants to be more flashy, and this is a Lindale team that we've seen definitely put up some numbers. I mean, they put up 63 against Athens, 44 against mm-hmm. Henderson, 40 against Longview Pine Tree. So Lindale has that explosive offense that they that they have had. I think it's more aerated maybe a little bit more than what we've mm-hmm. seen in the past. Uh, it's not necessarily the hand the ball to Jordan Jenkins and watch him do his thing type offense, yeah. but it is still it's very flashy. Um, I think that this defense has been playing consistent. They haven't given up more than 31 points, and ever since then, it's they give up about two, three scores, and that's about it. But I am very interested to see this because I think that this really, really starts to shake out this district a little bit because I think that Chapel Hill wants to recover from the the two losses that they had earlier in the season, and I think that those three teams are rightfully going to be the ones really fighting for the district title here but I'm still under the assumption that even with a couple of losses these are teams that we've talked a lot about teams that haven't been battle tested up to this point these are two teams we even talked to coach Cochran when we were on our way to Beckville and we were like well you didn't go light on the scheduling did you bud and he was like nope absolutely not well I think you're right a couple of things one I think this is like the damaged goods bowl. Yes. Okay? Because both these teams have records that you go, uh, okay, Lindale mm-hmm. 4-2. Is Kilgore 4-2 as well? Yep. 4-2, uh, okay. But then you look deeper and you're like, oh, okay. No, they, you know, they, they challenge themselves, stuff like that. I think you're spot on about Lindale having a more balanced offense. Clint Thurman, their quarterback's been great. Marcus Fields, receiver. Uh, Devin Daniels, a running back. Uh, Patrick Daniels. They've, they've got a, a bevy of weapons up against this. And then this Kilgore team... That uh, Van Zit Van Van what I don't know how to say their quarterback's name great. Van Zandit sounds right Van Zant yes yeah oh that sounds better the D better. is silent the D is yeah. silent Van Zant uh, I'm gonna clip that he can he can sling it he can sling it he can sling it and let's also by the way not forget do you remember this game last year this game last year was sixty five fifty eight Kilgore and in it just a wild ass game yep. I think there will be more defense played in this game. Yes, but I also wouldn't. Exp- I also think this game has a chance to be. I think it's words, gonna be pointsy. Pointsy. So uh, I think that's uh, that's a good pick. I think that this is a fun. This is a real good Beast Texas matchup where the crowds are going to get very involved too, and I always thoroughly enjoy that. So I if you want to talk about like going to see this game as a fan, this one might be the one that I would be most most interested in good, sitting on a stands and and watching the game. It'll be a good good scene out there. Okay, so that's an excellent, excellent pick. Okay, what's the one you've been keeping your powder dry for? <laughs> and I knew you wouldn't take it because you're a because you're a you're you're a square. I knew that sure. you would do that because I knew you wouldn't do this. I'm gonna do it to him. Seven 
8.30 p.m. Friday night, we are going to Coyote Field in Richland Springs. I thought about it. A I thought about it. massive game in 1A Division II. Mm-hmm. A mammoth game as the Richland Springs Coyotes, the number two team in 1A Division II, welcome in their rival, the Cherokee Indians. I'm so in mad I didn't take this. Battle of Unbeatens. I knew you wouldn't take it. I knew I can keep. The, I can get this tenth and just like strut to the end zone. Well, I knew step I could do never. It. Okay, to be step honest, never step man. never does six man, and y'all don't usually ever really talk six man. So I was like, I the didn't know if that enough, was baby. off limits. And this game, no, it's not off. Uh, it's, it. it's any game. Say, you want to take a private school game? You can take a private school game. Well, that's fair. This game's massive, okay? And we can't talk about this game without talking about who's not here. Mm-hmm. Because Jerry Burkhart is not there. Now, I don't know. I'm serious. I don't know who's coaching Richland Springs night right now. I, I need know. to make some calls and figure this out before Friday night on Bally. Right now, we're recording this 4.55 p.m. on mm-hmm. Monday. I just don't know who their coach is. If you, I if would assume it was a coordinator. It has to be an assistant. Of yeah. Um, they are, but because Jerry Burkhart, the longtime coach there, uh, has been suspended by the UIL for three years for alleged recruiting violations. And so they are kind of headless in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like they, like we don't know what to make about them. And I, I'll be honest that like, it's hard to know exactly how important he is. So Richland Springs is off to an undefeated start. They're four now. They've played, I believe, one game since um, since the the Jerry Burkhart decision came down when they played Coolidge at a neutral site and they beat them seventy four to thirty. Ultimately, we just do not have a frame of reference for this Richmond Springs team no. because they have they always have trouble filling up their schedule, and the teams they're playing, they're just a lot better. Better than, than yep. This is their first first of two back to back because they play Rochelle next week too. First of two big tests. For this Rich and Spring squad. Now and we've got, seen Cherokee. Now they've got dudes. Braxton Etheridge, their star, has been excellent. Uh, Keston Lusty has been very good as well. Jaden Sutherland, they have weapons, okay? Cherokee and Cherokee fans have been geeked up about this. Oh, yeah. We saw. We went they, to their game against Bluffdale and saw... Uh, they, they brought, what, 150 people alone on their sideline? Two-hour drive for a non-district game. They think this is their year. And we saw them. They looked the part. They've got some. They've got. They have a kicker that Angelo State. Listen up. You need to go get him right now. (laughs) When when it so so in the first half against Bluffdale, when we saw them, they kind of spread the ball around a a, a little bit, and um and and they they gave the ball to a variety of different guys. But this Cherokee team looked very very good. Um and 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 you know Caleb Houston returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown and then and when it got kind of squeaky bum time there towards the end mm-hmm. they turned and they were like we're going to tighten up and we're going to run Gunner Ball. And Gunner Ball I think ran for five touchdowns in the second half. This is a team that can beat you in a lot of different ways. The way that Richards, the way that Bluffdale stayed close was that they were able to grind it out on the ground. Now I think that this is a more explosive Richland Springs team than it was Bluffdale, but this is a Cherokee team that the defense tightened up and they were able to run the ball, and that's their best. That was their best weapon. It's a big rivalry game in San Saba County. These are two teams that don't like each other. And there's a lot of storylines that go into this. The winner of this game. Uh, <laughs> The winner of this game, I mean, depends on what you think of Lorraine, but like 
and then I guess Rising Star, who's in the rankings now. Uh, but Number I would say they're probably the ten. favorite on the, in, in, in Region 4, which is the power nexus of that right side of the bracket. Yeah. Um, I think this, this is a huge game. It's a massive game of six-man ranks. People have been clamoring for it. And I would need to go and check the last time Richland Springs lost a district game, but it's been a long time. That was, I was We were really impressed by that Cherokee team. We really were. The Cherokee team can do it. Uh, they've got to, you know, ultimately I think their their path to victory is going to be keeping it on the ground, mm-hmm. and then their defense comes up with plays. So I like Richland Springs and Cherokee as my fifth and final pick. So there you go. There's our draft. Pickle took Pleasant Grove, Gilmer, Coleman, Toller, Mount Vernon, Winsboro, Fort Bend Marshall, Texas City, and Kilgore, Lindale. Uh, you know. Dub. So you got three games east of 45. I Yeah, I'm a big fan of Beast Texas cool. right now. A little bit more balanced. I've got I've got uh, Burleson Centennial, Denton Ryan, Bells and uh, Bells and uh, I wrote Bells and Newton. That's Belton's Gunner. Uh, uh, Saginaw Boswell and North see, Crowley. You're, see, you're you're out now. You're Nolan Springs, Boyd. <laughs> Richland Springs and Cherokee. Now it's time for your inaugural hipster game of the week. Pickle, what's your hipster game of the week? I am going to go. You're going to laugh because of where this is at. I'm going to go to District Nine. In 3A Division Two, okay. As the five and one Edgewood Bulldogs are okay. taking on the four and one Troop Tigers. Oh, okay. This is very hipstery. It's, I like this. I thought it's it's pretty hipstery. Um, and I like honestly, uh, Grand Celine might have something to say about it, but this could be for that district title out there. Uh, well, West Rust too. Yeah, this is West a, it's Rust. a it's a surprisingly oh, and my ARP Tigers. Shout out ARP. <laughs> Uh, it's a pretty deep district out there. It is. I think especially those top five mm-hmm. between uh, West Rusk, Troop, Edgewood, Grand Saline, and ARP. Those, that, that's a pretty there's, – there's some good – there's five teams for four playoff spots. Now, I think West Rusk is the best of the bunch, but, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but this is – let's see. Let me pull this up because I didn't have the right thing pulled up. Uh, Troop has been the one that's been the most surprising to me because they are blowing people out of the water offensively. Uh, their only loss of the season came to uh, Price Carlisle, who is undefeated on the year. So that one in and of itself is impressive. This is Coach Sam Wells. He's his uh, first year, but I think that the biggest question coming in was going to be defense. I think that they knew that they were going to be a very good offensive team, and it's proven to be so. I do still have a lot of questions on the defensive side. They've given up 66 points to Bryce Carlisle. They've given up 56 points to uh, Paul Pewitt. So, the defense still needs some work, but last week against Quitman, they sh- they held them to just six points. So they're they're a they're a good defensive team that can get there. They're, I just don't think that they're necessarily there yet. On the other side of the ball, this this game is the definition of pointsy because. Edgewood has been blowing people out of the water, and they actually have a defense that I think can actually stop people mm-hmm. here. So I'll be interested to see that. I think that Edgewood has the best player on the field in their quarterback, uh, Hayden Wilcoxon. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is tasty for a hipster pick that you might not have been paying attention to. I like that. Thank That's you. the whole point of the hipster game of the week. But I've got the ultimate hipster game. Oh, God. This is the – I'm serious. This is the hipster game of the year, the true – essence of the hipster game of the year and of course it had to come this week step is yelling at the podcast right now because he knows what i'm taking seven o'clock friday night at keller isd athletic complex i know what you're taking has the arguably the most (laughs) important game of the year yeah (laughs) it's not you're not wrong 
as the Keller Fossil Ridge Panthers visit the Keller Timber Creek Falcons in a critical District 4-6A matchup. And not critical for them. And perhaps you're thinking, but Tepper, do you think Keller Timber Creek is going to win the state championship? Or do you think Keller Fossil Ridge is going to win the state championship? No. No. I don't. Do you know who might win a state championship? Southlake. Their district bunk bank, Southlake Carroll. Here's Here's what you need to know about this game. There are... So, assuming Byron Nelson's getting in the playoffs, and I think they're pretty clearly, in my opinion, the second best team in that district. I like Byron Nelson a lot. I think they're very good. Maybe they beat. Maybe they beat Carroll, but no. they're they're they're. Are you comfortable penciling Byron Nelson in the playoffs? Yes. Okay. That's one team that's it. smaller than Southlake Carroll, mm-hmm. which means one other team has to make the playoffs to get into the to, or uh, that is smaller than them to get into the uh, to get in there. Now. Of the remaining six teams out there that aren't South Lake Carroll or Byron Nelson, there are two teams. No, I'm sorry. There are three teams that are larger than South Lake Carroll that could bump them to the Division Two bracket. Okay, mm-hmm. Keller, Keller's five and zero. I think they're getting in. I think they're going to be five and one after this week when South Lake Carroll beats them. Yes. But I think they're getting in. I think they're the third best team in that district. Okay? I do. Okay, that leaves one spot. Mm-hmm. The other two teams that are larger than South Lake Carroll that can bump them to the Division Two bracket are by, uh, Northwest Eaton, mm-hmm. who Tip Fossil Ridge has already beaten. I think Eaton's down bad this year. I think they are too. And the aforementioned Keller Timber Creek. Now, Keller Timber Creek has one issue, and that is that their defense is not very good. Yes. Their defense has been struggling a little bit. Now, it's not like Fossil Ridge is some world beater, but they are they are much better defensively than uh, than Keller Tip or than Timber Creek is. And so that is I think this game could be pointsy and it has huge implications. Mm-hmm. Here's the shorthand. If you want the the elevator pitch for this game. Yes. If Fossil Ridge wins this game, mm-hmm. I think it's almost certain that Carroll's going to the Division 1 bracket. And that makes D1 Hellacious. Chaos. Hellacious. That also, anyone who is guaranteed to be going D2 should be smiling at you know, you literally know, in any region. You know who's got their Fossil Ridge uh, pom-poms out? Denton Geyer. Yes. Because Geyer's going D2. Mm-hmm. And if, if South Lake Carroll clears out and they go to the D1 bracket, it's Geyer's to lose. Like the entire way through. Arguably, depending on who's on the other side, side of the bracket. But yeah, yeah. I you're mean, right. This is a... Huge game, and can Fossil Ridge, whose offense has been pretty good to start the year, uh, you know, most especially uh, with this junior quarterback Logan Cundiff, can they take advantage of what's been a pretty, a pretty lackluster Fossil or Timber Creek defense? That's the shorthand. The shorthand of this game. If Fossil Ridge wins, it becomes very likely that Carroll goes D one. Mm-hmm. If Timber Creek wins and they pull the upset, and it'll be an upset in my opinion. If Timber Creek wins. Carroll to D2 stays alive. Yeah, so here's the deal. Geyer, Geyer, this is Geyer's bye week. So if you're a Geyer fan... You might as well go to the you game. You might as literally go to the game... And sit on the Fossil Ridge side. And cheer. I think so. <laughs> anyway. anyway, that's my hipster game of the week. All right, Pickle. Normally we do the Matt Step road trip. Yeah, I don't have a country... Me- I, I would have read it, but I don't do have, the, I do don't have the read. Okay, I got it. Ready? You want to hear it? Yeah, in three, two. Step is literally sending me videos of his beach resort right now. This guy. 
Special shout out to our sponsor, Country Meats. They handcraft delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams easily raise money with 12 delicious flavors to choose from. Reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use the discount code STEPAPA10 to get 10% off your first order. That's S-T-E-P-P-1-0 at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. It ain't citymeats.com. Where are you going this week? Uh, actually, I will not be going to a game because we have our watch along on Thursday. You're damn right, we do. And then, so that, so for those who don't haven't heard that, we're doing our second watch along of this season. Uh, Katie and Katie Pato, six p.m. on Thursday. But we're bringing in my boy Shavers from by McKinney. Popular demand. By popular demand, he is back with all of his funniness. Um, and then DJ Man. Is coming in all the way from the 806, Lubbock Coronado. How about that? Mike Craven has been has been begging us to do another watch along. So yeah, Craven did. actually might have quit if we didn't yeah. put him on this watch along. Yeah, he wanted to come on this. So uh-huh. um, and then we'll be in the studio on Friday. That's right. Uh, are you going to a college football game on Saturday? I am not. This will be like the first week I haven't gone to a college football game. Uh, I mean, you saw North Texas win. I did see North Texas win. It was nice. As they say, call. Anyway. Call. Anyway. Hey, did you like doing this? Did you like this podcast? Yeah, it was fun. Right? I can do this every week. It's awesome. Not bad. Yeah, exactly. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. And Pickle, thanks for your courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if y'all's download numbers go up, we, we know what it is. Yeah, whatever. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <I'm tapping stuff. laughs>